Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's happening, Russian Nation? What's good? We are back. Welcome to episode 68. For those of you who are joined us on the live stream, welcome in. You may notice that the man sitting opposite me at the table today is not Ash. Ash is once again, I don't even know where he is this time. I know he's gone away again. He's hired a house. He's living his best life at the end of 2021, and why not? So I thought, I can't do another solo pod. It's too much hard work. And our boy George stepped up and said, Stocks, I'm in. Count me in. He offered it, even offered it out. That's how much of a nice dude this guy is. He's sitting there in a Notre Dame t shirt representing the Irish. George, fill me in, man. You're not an Irish fan, are you? No, I am. Um, I am a Washington Husky fan, obviously, Pac 12. But I was just going through all my tops and stuff, and everyone everyone that I chose lost this <laughs> weekend. So I, <laughs> I just fell on this one. Yeah, I, to be fair, it's not even like. Uh, the Irish one this weekend, which was, I don't know, that was a, that was a, that was a tricky one. It, it was a sort of a, a coin flip, but yeah, I did think they'd come out winners in that one, but unfortunately they didn't. But yeah, I mean, welcome in. This is, is this, this is definitely yours and mine first podcast together, right? It's joint collab sitch. We did one mock draft for yeah. Rich last season. Is that the only other time we've? Yeah, I think it is. I think we just did the mock drafts together, didn't we? This is only me. me I think I did the Pac-12 preview at the start, but all the others have just been mock drafts. Mock draft from which we obviously we love mock drafts anyway. Don't we? They're always fun. But yeah, had a few of them before draft. Yeah, and for those of you who are eagle-eyed, and you were tuned into the stream, I did make an error, and we had the uh, dynasty countdown, which is why it threw me off, and I wasn't sure what was going on. So I'm sorry about that. And if you're joining on the replay, welcome in. Nice to have you. Jordan and I are going to get through some news. We're going to talk some injuries. We're going to talk some results. There's going to be a lot of Pac-12 talk because, as you may be aware, Jordan gives us, being me and Ash, a hell of a lot of stick for not talking about the Pac-12. Too much Big Ten. We're going to slide over the ACC because they are still terrible this week. And there's going to, it's just going to be a Pac-12 deep dive, and I'm just going to give Jordan as much time as he wants to talk Pac-12, basically. And there's some certain certain results that stand out to us this week, Jordan, in the Pac-12. But before we get to that, today's podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, as Manscaped, sorry, as are all podcasts over the network. If you head over to Manscaped.com, pick yourself up a lawnmower 4.0, head over to the cart, stick the code five yard into the promotion bar. You'll get 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. So if you're in the market for a male grooming product, head over to Manscaped, use our code, we'll hook you up. George, let's talk some news. We're going to start with the uh, CFP director, Bill Hancock. He's laid out a timeline for the potential playoff expansion. He said on the Paul Feinbaum show, we have a contract this season and four more. 
to expand before that, we need to make the decision in the next three or four months. And uh, using an analogy for how this process has been moving, he said, this is not instant coffee. This is fully brewed, rich, extravagant coffee. So, I mean, from what I can take of that, George, some people like instant coffee. You know, there there are those instant drinkers out there. Is this going to be something that's confusing for everybody? Uh, probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, like, I'm, I'm an instant coffee drinker at work. But I like to. I do. I do like um, a fully brewed, rich one at home when I've got a bit of time. But there's nothing wrong with instant coffee, is there? No, no. Fun fact about instant coffee: Did you know when they make it? They take the smell out at the very beginning of the process and then they add it into the jar at the very end before they seal it. <laughs> well, no, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I did not expect to learn anything about instant coffee when I came on the podcast when I got invited yeah. on today, but I'm going to take that away with me and I'll be telling everyone at work tomorrow for sure. That's my fun fact to tell everyone. Thanks. Thanks for that. Well, there you go. It's because they freeze it in a massive shit. You know, it's in um, little granules, isn't it? But what they do is they freeze it in a huge continuous sheet. And the freezing process would kill the smell. So they take the smell out, freeze it into a sheet, then smash it into a million pieces. And then just before that nice foil top is added, in goes the smell. So it's there you go. There's your fun fact, Rush Nation. George, you can use that at work. In fact, everybody can use it. Um, watch a bit of telly. I do enjoy a documentary on how factories work and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I mean, this, this playoff expansion, do we think it's going to happen... In the next three to four months, or are, we going to, are they going to drag it out and it will be well into next year before we know? Yeah, I, th I think you're right there. I, I can't see it happening anytime soon. I've, obviously, the longer it goes on, we always feel that is it going to happen, but I feel like it could happen. I think it'd be beneficial to everyone. You know, like, obviously, more teams in there, more games, you know, for more more like money for, for, for games, you know, at the end of the season, but it'd be a big ask for it to happen in the next few years. It could even. That, could even happen after the contract, you know, like right up until the end, you know, before the contract ends, you know, you know what it's like with college football. Things seem to drag on so right to the end. So, but I think it would, I think it will happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it will. And it makes sense, like you say, for the monetary, there'll be bigger television from it because there'll be more playoff games. So there'll be more excitement. Like the NFL, the, it's basically you work towards the playoff, don't you? And once you get in, that's when the, it all ramps up and stuff like that. And we, we probably should see that with college football but on a wilder scale because of just how wild college football is anyway like the passion and stuff is I mean you imagine some of those big games where perhaps Penn State get a, a home draw in the playoffs and it'll be, it could be another white out in the season and I don't know but there's it's absolute madness I mean it's it's one of those things where only it will only benefit us as a fan like I can't see any negative from having an expansion to the playoffs can you no, no, I, I can't. You know, obviously, like there's all the, like, a, like, so like you said, I'm probably going to bring Pac-12 into it a lot. But obviously, you'll see a Pac-12 team in there, maybe two. You know, obviously, it's like all the other signs. You know, like I know Cincinnati are close this year, but you know, like a Power Five team and yep. or two could be in there. And it's just, it's like you, like you said. You know, at the end of the season, that's what you all work for. And these these, these ball games are fun. Don't get me wrong, I, I like ball games. But if you've got eight teams in a playoff and it becomes a knockout, where obviously you've got Alabama and the Georgias and stuff in there, but it's just a one game shootout. So anything can happen in these, and mm -hmm. it brings the excitement. And there will be some one sided games, but if you're not in it, you 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 don't know if you've got a chance, do you? Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, with the SEC, do you think that the expanded playoffs, we might see more SEC teams in 
because of you know there's now we can allow a few more in because it's a bigger playoff so for instance you think you look at the teams this year you've got bama georgia all right florida lost this weekend so perhaps they're not in the consideration anymore but because the sec is so good the number of sec teams that could make it in could now increase whereas this year although oregon lost this weekend so the, the pac 12s participant I, I mean they didn't they certainly didn't need that loss this weekend and I don't know what that's done to their rankings yet because we haven't got down to the rankings this week. But I mean, they're they're definitely within a shout in the Pac-12 for going forward because the expansion, the extra spaces. But it would be interesting to see how many SEC teams perhaps squeak in now that the it's a larger pool to pull from. But that that would be the only negative if if the sort of the rich get richer from this because rather than consider teams from like the Power Five, since like you said and Notre Dame from your T-shirt, that sort of thing. Are we going to see teams that are perhaps better, but from a conference that's stronger, maybe squeaking because there's extra places? I don't know. I'm just thinking off the fly. Perhaps that might happen, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Wisconsin is naming the playing field at Camp Randall Stadium after former Badgers football coach and athletic director Barry Alvarez. Chancellor Rebecca Blank announced the decision at Friday night's ceremony honouring Alvarez who retired as Wisconsin's AD this summer. Blank said that the the playing field will be known as Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium. See, if I can't even say that, how are fans going to say, oh, do you fancy a game at Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium? Probably just like that. Anyway, Barry Alvarez coached Wisconsin from 1990 to 2005. That's a long time. That is a long, long time to coach a team. And he set a program record for a career coaching victories, winning three Rose Bowl titles, a program that had gone 9-36 and 36 in the four years before his arrival. His record is 119-74-4, and, and that includes a 1-1 mark as interim coach in the bowl games that he capped the 2012 and 2014 season. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010. This is this is big news for Barry Alvarez and, and family members, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's 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 we see we see this quite a bit now, you know, like in obviously NFL and college, and like I say, I've, I've only been following college for for four or five years now, and so I didn't really know much about him. But like you say, you've got you've read out his his, his stats for as his um, for his career, and you can see why that they've named after him. Is um, looks like he's done a fantastic job there, and he's won he's brought a lot of titles to uh, to Wisconsin as well. So. And I'm obviously being inducted into the Hall of Fame. If you know what I mean, you're not just anybody getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. you can see why they've done it. You know, it's um, and I probably go and read a bit about him to honest with you because I'm not, I don't know much about him, but it's probably worth, it looks like he's worth reading about. Yeah, yeah. There's probably stuff like this. Uh, you know, I've only been following college for three years now, and the last two years, probably properly. So between us, we're we're uh, greenhorns, shall we say, in the college world. But there's probably stuff like this all over the college football because of how many teams and how rich and in-depth the history from these teams are that is stuff that... There's probably a book. There's probably a book out there that covers all of these points. In a, I know Ben Isaacs wrote NFL, a history of NFL where every day there's a couple of facts from the NFL every day of the year. So it's 365 days, obviously. And then there's a couple of facts from each NFL point in that. So I imagine there's something like that about college. And if there isn't, Ben, if you're listening, not one of those up as well, because definitely going to be reading that. Right. That was it for the news. George wasn't a lot this week. 
Let's move over to the injury corner. Again, we never like to come over to injury corner, but it is a mainstay now of college football and our news breakdown every week. So we start in Maryland. Their wide receiver, Dante Dimas Jr., was carted off the field with an apparent leg injury during Friday night's game against Iowa. He was returning a kickoff early in the second quarter. He was tackled at the 10-yard line and his right leg appeared to buckle as he twisted to the ground. George, any more on this? Do we know how bad the condition is? Well, I haven't heard um, anything to, to confirm if he, if he's out for the year or when he'll be back. But I did see like um, a, a clip when he was being carted off. He, he was pointing to the field, shouting, "I'll be back! You know, I'll be back!" So I don't know if he means he'll be back playing again or he'll be back this year. But he, he seems <laughs> he seemed confident in himself that he would be back. Well, that, that's a good good place to start, if nothing else. Um, that Maryland game, you know, the Terrapins went in as not necessarily favourites, but it was supposed to be a close one and they just got blasted, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I, I did think Iowa would um, have a bit too much for them, but not not on that scale, to be honest with you. No, 51, I think 51 points, wasn't it? Something like that. It was a, a lot from an Iowa team that haven't been performing on offence this season. And uh, they got five picks, I think. I think Tonga Valoa threw five picks after having the last few weeks really turned up. So that, that's going to hurt the, uh, the confidence a little bit. Stanford wide receiver Bryson Tremaine suffered a significant lower leg injury during his second quarter of Saturday's game against Oregon. It appeared Tremaine dislocated his ankle and, yeah, and was in some agonising pain. Yeah, that sounds agonising. Uh, anything to do with the ankle, just because of its... that There's nothing there, is there? It's just ankle and bone. So you think anything snaps or breaks in there, it's just, just going to be horrendous. I mean, that Stanford-Oregon result, we mentioned it, Jordan. We might as well dive in. Pack twelve. Now's your time, brother. Come on. What that was? Is that a look-ahead game for Oregon? Who are now on bye next week, but then they've got a big opponent the week after. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think you mentioned it early on in the show. They just didn't need that Oregon. You know, like obviously it set them back from the playoffs. Um, obviously, all they can do now is win and hope people ahead of them drop, and they still might get in. But it's a tall order because they've still got the Pack twelve is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement that the Pac-12 is obviously not the best conference out of the Power Five, but for, for British listeners and obviously American, if you follow the soccer over here, it's just like the championship, the Pac-12 for me. It's like anyone can beat anyone. It's just so exciting in, in that aspect. And that just proved, I think this weekend proved it, obviously, with especially with this game, Stanford beating Oregon. I, I thought Oregon would win, but... The top teams in the Pac-12 always seem to lose one game. They can't go. It's impossible not to lose one or two against a fellow Pac-12 team. And you knew, you, you did think it were going to come, but I just didn't expect to be Stanford. But um, David Shaw, is, I, I really like him as a head coach at Stanford. I think this is his 10th, maybe it's, it might be his 11th season. He's only ever had one losing season, so he always seems to pull out results as well. And they've had two two wins, Stanford, against top 25 um, opponents now. You know, obviously, USC have struggled and obviously been fallen out of the top 25 now, but at the time, they were in the top 25 and they beat them as well. Yeah, they've definitely showed up this season and they've, they've showed up in games that, you know, they probably expected to be blown out in, but they, they've... They're more consistent than I thought they'd be and it's... It's it's something that, I don't know, going forward, are we going to have to consider this for the rest of this season anyway, after this win? And like you said, the USC win. Is it something that perhaps we're going to have to consider with Stanford? Are perhaps the spreads too big when they should be closer? Or are there players for 
you know, we'll talk about fantasy. Are there players for fantasy perhaps a little bit more relevant than we thought they might be? That's something maybe we'll need to check out in the showdown. Yeah. Um, George, with, with all your players on by, we were talking about before the before the pod started, you've got a lot of people out. Are there some Stamford sleepers in there that perhaps you might should be checking out? Well, it's a shame that, um, like I mentioned, I was started with Bryson Tremaine being injured and because um, he, he's, he's a, he were a fantastic target for Tanner McKean. I've got a shout out Tanner McKean because I know Murph is a big fan of Tanner McKean. He's really shown up this year. You know, he's um, he came in, I don't know if it was the third quarter or maybe maybe ha- maybe at half time in the first game, which they lost. But ever since then, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong. You know, I don't think he's even thrown an interception so far. He, he's he's been really he's been really good, and he's um, I think he's draft eligible in 2023 i believe so they've got another year of him and he really looks good so i don't know if anyone's picked up tanner mckee so if you need a quarterback he might be a a good shout for you Woo! i do <laughs> we uh i tell you what we'll finish this last bit of injury jordan then we could talk some showdown because ash was telling me the listeners like to to hear about the showdown because it throws a bit of fantasy in with college and you get some names and stuff as well so we can talk some showdown you will have to be the info man because as everybody knows my phone is my webcam and all the information is on there so it's coming down to you for the information so get ready for that george the last bit of injury news was that georgia quarterback jt daniels sat out saturday's win over arkansas with a lat injury head coach kirby smart said that daniels would be week to week but could feature against auburn next saturday so even without JT Daniels, Georgia pretty much smashed Arkansas at the weekend. Yeah, the um, I, I don't know if they needed a quarterback to be honest with. You, I don't <laughs> think um, I don't think um, I forgot his, his name slips in my mind now. This, the backup, um, I don't think he threw it many times. I think he only threw it about four or five times. It was just all run dominant. I'm sure we'll get onto that later on. You know, with um, the SEC, but um, yeah. Um, it was a good time to rest him, really. And if, if even if he if he was like close up to, to playing, you know, it, it, obviously that Auburn game is going to be a big one next week. So hopefully they can get him fit for that. See, I just I think Arkansas would be a bigger test than Auburn, and it wasn't a test. It wasn't even a contest. And you know, we said on the pod last week, Ash and I were talking about the spread in the Georgia game and the Alabama game, and I thought that Arkansas could could turn over Georgia, and then I thought Ole Miss. Ole Miss, sorry, should could could push Alabama or even beat them. And I said that I'd have the double and I put my free bet of the week on the double. And I mean, it, it was it was big ask. It was like 45 to one. But that, the, the way college football had been going, that sort of upset wasn't without possibility. But as the title of today's show suggests that apart from Oregon, maybe a couple of other results, the big dogs have turned up this week and showed why they are the, the top two in three now in with Iowa's 51 demolition of the Terrapins you know that they, they are the teams that are gonna it's between Bama and Georgia for me really but if if Georgia you're probably a bit more au fait with how the playoffs work than I I am at the moment are Alabama and Georgia being the one and two seed will they get split up or will they play each other where yeah. Alabama would play number four, so if like Georgia's two, they would play number three. So, because I'm with you, I can't see. I don't think. I think it's important to say that, like you said, Arkansas is still a good team, and so are all Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss. 
I think Georgia and Alabama are just really good teams this year. And there's no shame in losing to them like they do, you know. I think if Georgia and Alabama both get to end up playing each other in the final of the college championship, you look back at it and think, and we lost to to the finalists. I don't I don't think um Arkansas and Ole Miss did anything significantly bad in that game. They just came up against two giants this season, you know, really good teams. Georgia have, I thought Georgia would be good this year, but they've really surprised me how good they actually are in all, yeah. all areas this year. Yeah, Tom's lucky that he got on the Georgia train before they were this good. Otherwise, he'd be a bandwagon fan and that whole situation would come out. So, Tom, if you're listening, thinking of your brother. But, yeah, I I was rapping uh, the lads. It's my son's birthday today. So, H, when you listen to this in five, t- five years' time, because your dad was on a podcast, happy birthday, little man. But I was rapping his presents Saturday night and um, Georgia was on. And I thought, oh, I'll flick this on. I got a bit of interest with the bet on. And Georgia's defensive front seven is NFL quality. The front seven, you could stick them on any NFL team and they would be serviceable. I'm not saying they'd be elite like most NFL teams are because you get the cream of each position from the draft. But that front seven at Georgia is absolutely frightening. And they win football games on their own. Like you said, JT Daniels didn't need to play in their backup hardly through the ball because they controlled the clock with the run game and the defense did the rest. It was scary how good they are. Jordan, I'm going to ask you right now, Bama-Georgia final, who wins it? I'd love to be different and say Georgia, but how, how can you sit, How can you talk against a Nick Saban team? I know they're not, I know they've lost a lot of players, but how good is Bryce Young? You know, <laughs> how, how good is, how good is Bryce Young to say this year is the first time he's really been throwing footballs around, you know, for full games, you know, but it would be a good game and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it'd be a definite Alabama win. It'd be a, be a close game, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't bet against Nick Saban and Alabama. See, if it was me, if if I'm doing that, it's Georgia every time. I'm back in Georgia. I just think that defense, as good as Bryce Young has looked, this is the first time he's playing football, like proper college football. And as good as he has looked, he hasn't come up against a defense like Georgia. I think Kirby Smart could put the heebie-jeebies into Bryce Young in his first year, and I think. You know, we saw it with Georgia. If a team, um, Florida and Bama, sorry, you can spook their team. You can, you can, you can get them riled up and, and get them into trouble. And after the first quarter, they hardly scored against Florida. So I think Georgia could definitely do that. And I could, I saw the same thing. Well, then maybe I'm now shooting myself in the foot. I saw the same thing with Ole Miss. I thought that Lane Kiffin would dial something up and they'd be competitive. But Bama just marched up the field on the Rebels, and it wasn't even a contest. But yeah, I think Georgia beat Bama this year just because of how good that defense is. It's it is frighteningly good, frighteningly good. No, I, I do I do agree. It is a very good defense. I just think Alabama they've started off quite sluggish, and like like you mentioned, Florida, and I just wouldn't be surprised if that were just second gear Alabama football, and we've just it's, it's we haven't seen the best of Alabama, which is crazy to say. <laughs> yeah. Which that's a that's a scary statement in itself. So we talked a little bit about the showdown, George. You uh, you're in the very, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for here? You and uh, five yard team college are sitting pretty at the top. You and Jack both five and zero. Oh. You've you've had uh, you've had easy games to this point. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say you've had easy games. You've both come up against cupcakes. You haven't come against true competition yet. I mean, if you look at the points for and points against, I'm sitting there in third now after my 0-2 start. 
the Jets have been turned on and now three and two. I've scored the most points by nearly 70 points only after five weeks. You know, I've had nearly the most points against that. You and Jack, it's just, it's better if you get one of those wins out, losses out of the way now, because then I can climb up another step, reel you in. I've only got to be there till the playoffs. That's the point. Just get into the playoffs and then I'll do what I do best and, and win ships. Um, reply. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you because obviously, like you said, you start two and nine. I've noticed that you, there's a bunch of you behind and you're creeping up into that bunch at three and two. And like you say, it don't, don't matter what you finish. So if you get to the if you get to the end of it and into the playoffs, that's the main thing. And you go from there, don't you? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, you, you say I'm in that bunch. I'm at the top of the bunch, but I'm third. I'm right there snapping at your heels. Let's, let's, not, let's not say I'm with that bunch. They're behind me. Let's get that right. But I, I, I will say, if I don't get the quarterbacks I'm after this week in the waivers, I am a little bit of a pickle week seven because my two starters are on bye. So let's uh, let's keep that on the down note till the waivers process. Anyway, um, any other any other things stand out to you from the showdown, George? Um, apart from being five and zero, no, <laughs> not much. You know, I, I like uh, we mentioned off scene. I've got. I don't like to be a negative. Negative guy, but it's going to be hard for me to keep my unbeaten run because, like I mentioned, I've got so many people on buys. And I don't, I don't really. Obviously, I know normally you mentioned maybe mention some players that are on buys. I don't want to mention um, too many people <laughs> that like could go out and get because I might need to get them because I'm just looking through now and I've got uh, Juice Vaughn on a buy, Xavier Hutchinson, Josh Kelly, CJ Vadello's injured, and um, I had another guy as well. Yeah, Josh Kelly from Fresno State, you know. So I've got five players on buys in my starting thing, so I don't really want to say too many players that you could go get because I might need them. Have you uh, have you had a look into your matchup against Jack this week, George? Have you clicked on has he got anyone on buy in his starting lineup currently, or is he going to be putting out a full side? I think he's got a full side. I think I'm five and one next week. If I take if I say that now, I'm more comfortable when I am five and one. <laughs> get it away early, get it away early. I mean Jack's a formidable college fantasy guy. You know, he made the final last year. He's 5-0 and this year. If he wasn't having to do bedtime because his missus was at a gig tonight, then Jack would be here. You know, you both could have come on. It could have been a three-way dogfight, but we could have had some real interesting banter about how who's going to be top of the league next week. But who who's in fourth, Jordan, if you get the standings up? Who's in fourth? Because obviously you and Jack are tied first. I'm coming in at third. Who's fourth? Has the landscape changed? Because I know when Ash and I talked about this a little while ago, it was just team college, team college, team college. There wasn't any five-yard representatives. We've got me and Jack at five and oh, and then there's a big bunch. Like like you say, you are top of the bunch stocks. You are three and two. And then there's Shane, three and two. You've got Ash, three and two. And you've got Team Langley, three and two. I think he's part of... Is he part of the college team? Don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I just destroy who's in front of me. Then you've got Ollie, Rich, Dougie on two and three. <laughs> and at the bottom, you've got Connor on 0 and five. And then you've got Tom and Murph on one and four, who are going to who need a good run to get towards the end. So I think it looks like they're relying on you again, Stocks, to to try and get to get to the playoffs and win it all again for the uh, five yard rush team. Well, you know, I said it a little while ago, George. You know, I'm in that I'm in that position this year where it doesn't really matter what happens for me because if someone in team college wins, then I sort of win now. But if I win it, then I win it for team yard, five yard. But I'm also winning it for team college, so I'm I'm that Joker card this year of just 
doesn't matter what happens. I'm in that enviable position, unenviable position that I can, whatever happens, I'm I'm part of the winning squad. But Ollie's the one who surprised me after last year, doing so well in the draft this year. Something's happened and Ollie's players just haven't turned up. But I'm facing Tom this week and a, a scared one and four Tom is a little bit concerning. You know, he's, he needs a result, like you said. So perhaps it could be could be an upset, but I think Tom's getting um, all his excuses out already as well, saying how bad he is at fantasy football. I've noticed <laughs> before. I didn't know he didn't know he was playing you, but it's all making sense now. Yeah, me neither until I saw it afterwards. But Tom, it does make sense saying it now. Just get that out the way. I'm looking at I'm looking at a four and two and one game behind Jordan next week. Rush Nation, that's what's going to happen. And then Jordan, who's what's the what happens the week after that? Who's playing week seven? This is the telltale because if it's me versus you, week seven, that will be that will be absolute dreamland. No, no, that's a shame. That's a shame. What's no. the uh, what's the sitch in week seven? I've got sh- I've got team Shane and you've got team. Oh, you got how to Dougie. I can't remember. Trying to look. Oh, I've got you the week after in in week eight. Nah, that's fine. All my starters are back then. <laughs> just get week seven out of the way and happy days happy days right George let's talk some AP rankings obviously Bammer or one Georgia oh no I've done it wrong we're supposed to go from 25 this happens every time Ash told me off last time we're supposed to go from 25 up taking five teams each do you want to go first or second um, I'll go first because I can see one of my pack 12 teams in there so, um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go first so 25 to 21. So 25, we've got San Diego State. 24, SMU sneaked in, which is they've, they've been playing well this year. 23, NC State. 22, Arizona State was taking the place of UCLA with their victory. And at 21, we've got Texas. Anybody surprise you in those first five picks, George? No, I'm, maybe SMU. I, I, can, I know a lot of people I know right at the start of the season, Tom and Ash, when they were talking, they were, they were talking SMU up this year and um obviously they, they were right <laughs> they've got they've sneaked in there but no maybe maybe texas could could have been a bit higher looking at a few above them but not no surprises i'd say not not massive surprises anyway no i think smu is they're, they're playing really well and tanner mordecai is is the real deal I think the way he's playing football right now so I think he's doing his draft stock a world of good and it, it was the right thing to do for him to transfer we talked about it last week I think Texas could they be ahead of Florida that's what I was thinking yeah maybe you know like after, after Florida's lost to Kentucky yeah I mean where were Florida last week how many did they slide with with do you know off the top of your head I thought they were just outside the 10, maybe maybe 11, I guess. So that's, a, that's a fair old slide. And we saw it the week before with Clemson. They slid down to 25. And even with the win, Clemson are now out of the top 25 since the first time since 2014. So Incredible. Yeah. You want to say, you want to follow that start of year, would you? But they're just they're not playing Clemson football. Even though they got the win, DJ didn't throw a touchdown pass. They only had 207 yards of passing, something like that. So, yeah, it's crazy times. Crazy times with them not in the top 25. So to, at 20, we've got Florida, then 19's Wake Forest, 18's Ole Miss at 17, and then Kentucky with the big win over Georgia move up to 16, which is pretty good for them, right? Yeah, they um, stay unbeaten, don't they? I, I, I thought the way Florida 
beat Tennessee and obviously their loss against um, Alabama the week before. I thought it'd be a it'd be a it'd be a it'd be a win for Florida. But I think if you look at the stats and stuff, um, it, it's so it's so close. It's it's strange how how Kentucky how Kentucky won it. I'm, I'm sorry when I say so so close. I mean like. Florida were, were they looked a better team on paper, and I think um, I think I'm sure I saw somewhere Kentucky turned the ball over three or four times and still ended up winning 2013. So I'm, I'm, I think I watched um, the the short highlights on that one, so I'm going to have to go back and look at that one because yeah, I listened to a podcast the other day and uh, they were saying that they were surprised how Kentucky have come out with a with a win with turning the ball over so much. Yeah. Well, SMU did it two weeks ago against TCU. I think they Tanner Mordecai threw three picks and they still beat TCU. So it, it can happen. You can have these games where they turn the ball over. And I mean, we we skipped over Arizona State. We could talk about we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you and I have both talked about how we've seen or heard from that game. So that will be a good review to get to. George, the next five, if you please, sir. So yeah, we've got fifteen Coastal Carolina, fourteen Notre Dame, obviously. Slipped down after their loss, you know, 13, Arkansas, 12, Oklahoma State, and 11, Michigan State, are having a, a really good season. Michigan State, another surprise package up there. Yeah. Is there any of those groups that you think should be higher or lower? I mean, Notre Dame at 14, even after their loss, should they have slid down perhaps below an unbeaten Kentucky after after beating one of the best teams in the SEC? You know, that's a, that's a big, big win for their resume. Yeah, it's... Um, the AP rankings, like obviously, they're, they're fantastic to look at. You know, it's like interesting to see. Obviously, you try to fight for that top four, and obviously, teams outside. But there's a lot where you could just slide a couple here and there down. But I don't know. Obviously, the the, the, the way that they do it is a bit different to maybe how I'd see it. But yeah, yeah. But that's that's the that's the thing with the AP poll as well. Like, it, because there are so many people do it, and there's so many views and opinions on how they do it, it perhaps does get skewed by the occasional point that could be, say someone could put, I don't know, let's just, on a whim here, let's just say, for instance, they think Kentucky are awesome and they put them as their 15. So that slides them up way higher because of the average and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's it's such a opinionated thing, isn't it? And, well, our 25 would be different. There'd, there'd hardly be any 25s that are the same within the entire thing so and then at 10 you've got BYU 9 you've got Michigan 8 Oregon 7 Ohio State and then 6 Oklahoma what do you what of those five Jordan I think I think they're all about right maybe Michigan could be above eight number eight Oregon because of the Oregon loss and how Michigan are, are playing so well but and then BYU, you know, they're not beating huge teams, but they are—they haven't been behind the entire football season. They've always been ahead, and then they've been ahead by a score or two, and then somebody has scored on them, and they've just—they've then scored again or turned the ball over when they needed to. And BYU are playing real good football right now, and this weekend against Boise, that will be one hell of a test. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree. Maybe Michigan, Michigan could be above uh, Oregon there, but BYU, yeah, I saw them a couple of times this year. Cause they played a few Pac-12 teams. Now they um, struggled over the line the first game against Arizona. Obviously, we, we know we know Arizona <laughs> like haven't won a game for I think it's it's that many games now. I've lost track. I'm sure it's about seventeen now, maybe sixteen. 
over like last year and this year. I'm going to say 16. I'll give them benefit of doubt. But they were they were they beat Arizona State and they were very impressive. And the, the players that they lost, you thought that it might be a bit more of a struggle this year for them. But um, obviously, head coach, um, I think it's Kalami Sitari. I think he's called um, next people up, and, they, and they've done they've done really well, haven't they? BYU, you know, the, the quarterback yeah. there again. His name escapes me. He's, he's been fantastic to watch this year as a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, and that's the thing with their win this weekend. Jaron Hall, their quarterback, the guy you're talking about, he's out injured. And then their next quarterback up, whose name has completely escaped me, which is terrible because he's also got a brother who plays in the team as well as a wide receiver. Um, oh, what's his name? Anyway, he got injured. So their fourth string or third string for that game quarterback came in and played really well. They ran the ball. He didn't make many pass attempts, but didn't turn it over, did what he needed to do, and, and they got out of there with a win. And I was saying to Joel before we got into the podcast how luckily I work really early on a Saturday and Sunday, and when BYU play, they work, they always play late. because So I often catch the second half of the game, and I've downloaded their app, BYU Radio app now, so you can just listen to the live stream. It's wicked. Listening to football on the radio is so good. I hadn't realised this until I listened to college football. There is a lot of adverts, I will give you that. But listening, fantastic. It's so good. Anyway, I re recommend doing it. We'll talk about it again. We'll get to UCLA in a minute. Um, and then, George, the final five, if you will. No surprises here, really. No, it's um, number five, Cincinnati. Four, Penn State. Three, Iowa. Two, Georgia. And one, Alabama. And I think that's spot on to be honest with you I, I, I love seeing Cincinnati at number five I, I can't I can't deny that it's so good to see um you know Cincinnati after last season you know they did they, they did really well last year and just the talk of them maybe getting into the top four but obviously Notre Dame picked them out and they, they've got a chance if they win out now obviously it's still a big ass a long way to go if they win out they could we've obviously we're, again we'll talk matchups later Penn State play out Iowa this week so they could find themselves in the top four at the end of uh, when it comes around Sunday, Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they got quite a hard schedule as well. They got a few ranked teams left. So if you say like they win out, it would be very difficult not to have them in that top four because of how well they've done this season. So yeah, interesting stuff still to come on the podcast. Stay tuned for that. As we mentioned, Clemson out of the top 25 for the first time since 2014. Other teams out this week, Texas A&M, after their loss, Fresno State, UCLA after their loss, Baylor. And then teams looking in, Clemson who were just there, Texas A&M who were just there, Oregon State. It's it's a, it's a upside-down, whirly-twirly season so far. And then, like you said, there's some big matchups this week. We've got Iowa State against Penn State for the three and four. That could flip depending on wins. And then Georgia take on 18, Auburn. And then Oklahoma face Texas in the Red River game. So this weekend, the football keeps coming. There's some absolute belters, George. Yeah, it's, um, there's going to be a lot more movement in that top 25 again. Like you say, at first, no state were shocked. You know, Luke, they've been playing brilliant this year. And then obviously, this is the this is what the season's been like. First, no state being excellent. Then they lose to Hawaii. You know, like Hawaii, Hawaii are a decent team on the day, but Fresno State, the way they've been playing, you expect them to win. Yeah. And they've obviously lost out to them and they've seen themselves slip out, you know, the top 25. It's been, it's been good. I'm not, it's been a lot, it's been different than I'm used to, but it's been fun. And that, that in itself has made it really good. Let, let's talk some results. And we that theme continues with the team who has sucked this year. 
winning when they probably shouldn't have done. You know, we're starting the ACC. Florida State beat Syracuse 33-30 in a game I thought the Orange were going to walk because of Florida State maybe giving up. Um, Virginia beat Miami. All right, that one's not so much of a surprise, but Virginia going to Miami and winning. Yeah, it, again, it is a Miami were favourites, but Virginia playing some of the best football we can watch on telly this year, regardless of result, whether they win or lose, it's entertaining football. Uh, NC State beat Louisiana Tech 34-27. Wake Forest stay unbeaten as they beat Louisville 37-34 in a game that was, I haven't seen the highlights for that. I'm going to go back and watch it because I am an ACC guy and that, that feels like a really good game that Louisville were behind in the fourth and couldn't quite draw it back. Clemson just beat Boston College 19-13. As I mentioned, DJ didn't throw for a touchdown. Only had 207 or something yards passing. So that's why Clemson slid out of the top 25. Uh, Pitt beat Georgia Tech 52-21. And that's after Georgia Tech's big win last week. We thought there might be a bit of trouble for Pitt in this one. But, you know, Kenny Pickett is playing absolutely lights out football at the moment. And then finally, North Carolina brushed aside Duke 38-7. Anything in there, George, that you think is, is a bit of... A bit different to what you thought, or is it pretty much business as usual in the ACC? Um, obviously, uh, I suppose it's not anything new with Clemson, you know, like how, how much they've struggled this year. But Wake Forest um, are doing really well this year. Obviously, yeah. it's, your, it's, it's your conference ACC. I normally try and watch as much as I can everywhere, but I haven't seen much ACC. But I know you mentioned um, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, and I'm going to have to go back and watch him because all I see on Twitter is people talking about Kenny Pickett and how how well he's playing. So I'm going to have to go watch a bit more Pittsburgh highlights, I think, to see how good he actually is playing. Yeah, and the thing with the thing with um, Pitt at the moment is they, they predicate their game on defence and running the football, and they can't run the football for Toffee this year. So they're just Kenny Pickett slinging it. And I think he's second, well, he was last week, he was second in the league in passing yards and Pass percentage completion and yeah, Pitt are just balling out right now, and that is a big win against Georgia Tech, considering how they beat uh, North Carolina the week before. George, Big Ten, if you would, sir. So Big Ten, we had um, Iowa fifty-one, Maryland fourteen on the um, Saturday morning uh, time, I think it was. Yeah, Indiana zip, Penn State twenty-four, <laughs> which um, obviously I thought Penn State would win, but. Uh, I didn't ask for Indiana would get at least a few points on the board, but obviously not. I always, I always stay put 52 past Rutgers. Rutgers had 13 after Rutgers had a close game with Michigan the, the, the week before and obviously just they got blown away by Iowa State this week. Michigan 38, Wisconsin 17, um, Western Kentucky 31, Michigan State 48, Charlotte 14, Illinois 24, Minnesota 20, Purdue 13, which um, I thought Purdue might win that one as well. This is why this is why I'm not very good at um, when it comes to me uh, two-pound bets at the weekend. <laughs> That's why I'm still <laughs> in college at the moment. I'm so, so bad at picking them. And then um, obviously Northwestern got thumped by Nebraska 56-7. to Yeah. The Penn State result, as you mentioned, we thought the Hoosiers might do a little bit more there, but at home, Penn State are pretty formidable, and that was a big win. And then Ohio State, are they warming up? You know, the Buckeyes with that shock loss to Oregon. That's a big win against the Rutgers team, like you rightly said. Michigan State, carry on. It's There isn't anything really there, apart from how big the Iowa win was, that is perhaps shocking. You talked about your bets, George. I had a lucky 15 rolling this week. I was pretty lucky. Um 
it, it, I picked the favourites, and I but I picked them to cover. You know, I had Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Penn State to cover, and they all covered and rolled in, and it was decent. So yeah, that it doesn't happen every week. You'll get one. You'll get one. It will. Uh, it will turn around. It will turn around. Have no faith. Have uh, have faith. I should say. Right. I'm just looking down here. Perfect order. I'll do the Big 12 and then you can take your beloved Pac-12. In the Big 12, Oklahoma managed a scraping 37-30 win, 31 win over Kansas State. Oklahoma State beat Baylor 24-14. Texas got a close five-point win against TCU, winning that one 32-27. West Virginia got beaten by Texas Tech 23-20. And finally, Iowa State uh, blew out Kansas 59-7. Anything there, George, that surprised you this week or as again the big 12 business is normal uh well obviously oklahoma seem to be scraping past everyone at the moment they play the i've seen a couple of the games this year i haven't seen this one but they seem to be doing everything they can to lose games managing to say stay unbeaten at the moment and obviously that game next week against texas is going to be a massive one in it you know to maybe maybe decide um maybe decide obviously bragging rights and maybe decide but obviously you've got um Iowa State, I think have they just oh, they've lost two now, aren't they? So yeah, it's a big game that one for for both teams. But yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How like someone plays so badly, but they still managed to be five and zero, you know. And apparently, Kansas State were unlucky in that one to make they could have come away with a win. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, surely if the principal bet should be bet the spread against Oklahoma, I don't think they've covered this season. You should, like their spread is always by ten points or more, and. They've been in real nail biters all season. And the worst bit about this Oklahoma uh, poorness, shall we say, on offense is I saw a mock draft today, the first NFL mock draft of the season, which, as you can imagine, is way too early. And I didn't need to have seen it. But the Denver Broncos got beat um, just before the Super Bowl. So we're picking third last and pick Spencer Rattler. So yeah, I, I, I can see him going a lot earlier than that unless he continues to be poor this season. But... There's something to watch for sure, the, the Oklahoma struggle on offence. But as you say, they are scraping through an unbeaten. So at this point, who knows? Who knows? Come on then, Jordan. Let's have some Pac-12 talk. <laughs> so there, there was only um, five five games this week, you know, in the Pac-12, you know, all, all playing each other. And so Oregon, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, finally have come unstuck and it gets against Stanford in overtime. Um 31 points to 24 was Stanford got the touchdown and Oregon couldn't reply and so um, unbeaten run is over if you get if there's one game you get a chance to watch go back and watch is this one Arizona State 42 UTLA 23 the first half was just back and forth constantly points I think there was 12 drives nine of them scoring drives it was, yeah. it was unbelievable football and UCLA just obviously looking at the score you'd think it were a bit further apart UCLA did well in the second half. They just couldn't convert, and Arizona State ended up um, just running away with it just a little bit. But it was a lot closer than the the score suggested. A fantastic game. Yeah, they, yes. I think the first quarter was seven all, and then into the second quarter, it was just like the taps were unleashed and yeah. they went bananas. It was crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was just back and forth, like anything Jaden Daniels did. Um, Thompson Robinson just did the same, didn't he? And went, went up yeah. the field and scored. It were, and it, I think. Um, it just summed it up when I think they went down the, I don't know if it was a touchdown or a field goal, I can't remember now that Arizona, Arizona State, or no, UCLA scored and then UCLA kicked the ball back. Arizona State um, player 
was going to leave it, and then he decides to touch the ball. Yeah, just bounced straight for it, and then obviously UCLA recovered and managed. And that will be two seconds left, so they could cook it, uh, kick a free points for your goal. Yeah, <laughs> we're just one of them mad first halves. It was a really good game. It was, yeah, yeah. And then we had, like you said, UCLA couldn't quite get it down. They drove it down to like the two yard line, uh, went for it on fourth down when they probably should have kicked it because that would have brought it back to a one score game. And then Arizona State. Then went 96 yards. The first play was a 47-yard pass from Jaden Daniels, who played superb all night. And I think that was the difference. I think the quarterback decision-making on the night, although DTR was really good, the decision to keep it on an option and not part or hand it off on the option on the fourth down at the two-yard line probably cost Arizona State the game there. And unfortunately, the ball... Excuse the pun, but the, the ball was in his hand at that point because it was an option play. So it's down to him to decide what happens. And him keeping it just meant he got stopped at the line. And Jaden Daniels just walked Arizona State back up and then scored. And from there, it was a chase down from UCLA and they couldn't get the job done. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the two games I listened to this weekend on the streaming service. And as you say, it was an absolute belter. So if you do get a chance, go and watch it. Yeah, there was something similar in the Oregon game. I think it was 17. 10 at that point Stanford right on half time um, Brown the quarterback for Oregon had a chance to just offload it to CJ Riddell and it was a walking touchdown but he kept hold of it himself on 4th and 1 and um, it got stuffed and obviously they were chasing the game and it could have been different you know if that went in it's, it's like you said these these decision makings from quarterbacks are picked up on by NFL scouts you know it might be only little things and it's it's just things like that can cost you the game mm-hmm. so obviously continuing USC uh, we've got another win for 40 against Colorado who've um, have been surprisingly bad this year Colorado I know they have had a, a tough schedule but they've just had no offense whatsoever and this and the, the defense have kept them in games for so long and you and you know as like a football fan that there's only if your offense that stay on the field for long you, your defense is gonna is gonna crack eventually and that's what's been happening and they just can't put anything together at the moment you know um um, they've got the uh, freshman in at the moment, uh, Brandon Lewis, and he's just. He, I feel I feel for him to be honest with you as a freshman. He just can't put anything together, and they and they they're keeping him in there, and it's just, it's hard to watch to be honest with you. And and USC were are not not a very good team this year. Yeah, <laughs> and um, if it weren't for Drake London, I think um, it'd, it'd be much worse. They seem to be everything seems to be hanging on him at the moment on offense, which which is good with me because he's, he's my number one receiver, but carry on. <laughs> um, Washington State um, beat California 21-6, and when the um, previews, when the reviews come out, you'll see that there won't much to talk about in this game, because there's not <laughs> there's not many words in this one. It was a it was a very poor game, <laughs> very, very poor game. And I'm not saying that just because Washington State and my rivals and Washington lost, but it, it wasn't <laughs> a great game. And then, obviously, I hate to finish on it, but Washington got beat by uh, Oregon State, 27-24, which were a fantastic win for Oregon State. Obviously, they see themselves with Oregon, Oregon losing. Oregon State at top of the north now with a 4-1 and one record. And um, I think they are, they are I'm sure they're 3-0 and in the con- with conference wins as well. But as we mentioned earlier with the um, decision-making um, of quarterbacks, this was more Jimmy Lake, really. Um, Washington were it was twenty four it was um twenty four all and um uh, twenty four twenty one sorry in normal time and um Washington decided to go for it on four from one in their own half oh. and it just 
in to me i don't know if, if other people are, are like want love these like gutsy calls to go for it but i'd rather just punt it and see if they can go up the other end and score but they went for it turned the ball over oregon state got in field goal position and uh won the game and that's all i'm going to say about it because it still hurts now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just i don't know about you so i just we, we saw it with Ole Miss, you know, going for it on fourth constantly. And I suppose in that aspect that they suppose they had to because Alabama, they knew that Alabama were going to score on most yeah. drives. But this, for me, Washington are, are, have got a fantastic defence, you know, put it back in their, their half. And if they can go all the way up and score, fair play. But to hand it over on your own 45-yard line. Yeah, I yeah. I think if you look at it statistically, you've got more percent chance of scoring on a twenty on a fourth and sure yourself than you have of holding the opposing defense if you punt it. If that makes more sense, if that makes sense. So I understand it from a statistical point of view to go for it on fourth and sure, especially more so in college where perhaps the defenses aren't quite as well organized unless you are one of the big teams who are rolling out defenses like Georgia, but. When you're, like you say, up on your own 45, even if you punt into the end zone and they start on the 25, you know, aim for the corner, get it out of bounds at the 10. You haven't even got to hit the pylon. Just get it out of bounds down and make them drive up. And yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably the wrong, and it was the wrong decision. <laughs> you, you said it. So, right, yeah. the, SEC, the SEC, as we've mentioned, Bama beat Ole Miss 42-21. Georgia beat Arkansas 37 nothing. Florida lost to Kentucky 2013. Texas A&M, they lost. Mississippi State beat them 26-22. Auburn beat LSU 24-19. Tennessee beat Missouri 62-24, which is a big, big win for the Vols. South Carolina beat Troy 23-14. And then Vanderbilt were run close by the useless Yukon Huskies. But Vandy came out with a win 30-28. George, we've obviously mentioned... Uh, Bama, Georgia, Florida. Anything else that we haven't covered? Do you think we need to touch on? Yeah, like you mentioned, Mississippi State beating Texas A&M. I feel for Texas A&M because they've um, Haynes King got injured. I, I think it was I think it was week one. It might have been week two, but they've uh, brought obviously the backup in, which is Zach Calzado, and he's he's struggled on offense. And I think Texas A&M would be in a better position because the defense is so good. You know, they've held they've held teams. The best they can, you know, and obviously Zach Calzado just can't keep keep them on the pitch with, with the ball in the air. You know, they're relying on Spiller so much, and there's only I know these athletes are fantastic players, but there's only so much one person or a group of players can do. And Zach and I, I, I keep mentioning him, and, I, and I, like I said, I'm not. I don't. I hate to criticize players because I'm I'm sure he's, he's trying his best, but. He just can't move the ball, and the Texas A&M defense just coming out constantly. And I do feel for them. I think they would have had a better season if Haynes King would have would have um, been in there. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Although I don't think Haynes King was that terrific in his first half week one, but would you know? And it was it was even a quarterback battle until week one between him and Zach Calzado. It's just yeah, it's what could have been, I suppose, for Texas A&M at this point. And then. The only other thing from the SEC I want to... Did you see the Bo Nix touchdown where he ran round, missed a load of players and, and then threw it sort of to a guy in the end zone? Have you seen that, George? Yeah, I did, yeah. It's yes. absolutely ludicrous. If you see it, if you go out and see it, Rush Nation, 
Bo Nix is running around for his life, dodging tackles. If he does that in the NFL, he's getting murdered. Absolutely. You can't, that is not a play that you can, even at an LSU as well, their defense, all right, it's not the best this year, but it's, those guys are missing tackles out there and Auburn get the win 24-19. Yeah, group of five, George, select some, some, we won't run through all of these, there's some indifferent ones in there, but select some picks from here and, and run them off, would you? I think obviously the 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 top one of our list, Cincinnati twenty four, Notre Dame thirteen. It's big big win for for the Bearcats. You know they move up to five. And not, I watched um, I watched most of this game, so it was obviously on Sky Sports, and I was just flicking over when, when there were breaks on the others. So I, I caught quite a bit of it each time. And Notre Dame could easily have won this game. They found themselves in good positions, and they, um, I think there were one time where there was an interception in the end zone where they where they. they what matched up the field and and um, and the, I, the, I forgot the guy's name. Now quarterback's not your name. name. The, he's a transfer from Wisconsin, one he? and he, he threw a pick in the thing. So it could have. Yeah, but Jack Cohn. Um, yeah, he yes. did he get benched or did they did he get injured? Um, I think he. If, I think it was he benched um, because I've only looked through the scores obviously briefly. Haven't seen any highlights from this one, and I just saw that they, him and the other quarterback, almost throw the same amount of pass attempts. I know that um, when I, I suppose, like I said, bench, but I know that he likes to use more than one quarterback. He, he mixes it up a bit, you know, like and, and use it. He uses all this three of them, and, yeah. and he uses three of them at times. Even the third choice, um, not not as many snaps as the other two, like I said, but he still uses them and. I don't know. Well, I suppose it's not a benching, is it? It's just it's just rotation, and it's it's, it's something I'm not a massive fan of. But um, and then obviously it didn't work this this time <laughs> this time this game. But it's it's, it's something that, that, that they do. I know he got injured last week, but yeah, it's odd. It's odd. Yeah, that's <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's like I don't know. It's like you, you, do you know who your best quarterback is, and that's what you're doing, or is it just that these 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 guys can offer you individual things, but one of them can't offer you all these same things at once. It's but that's not really continuity for the team, is it? I'm, I'm not a fan of it. No, never, never am I. <laughs> Obviously, we mentioned BYU getting into the top ten. They beat um, they went to Utah State and won thirty four twenty, which is a good good win for them. Mentioned Fresno State losing to Hawaii twenty four twenty seven, which 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 was a which was a shock. And um, the highlights I did see of one, which I'll mention the last one, was Boise, Boise State 31, Nevada 41. Nevada have got a few good players. So if you go, if, if you like your, your draft players and, and looking at, at players for, for when the draft comes around, Nevada have got a few good players over on their side. So, you know, ones that will probably go late, but just keep an eye out for a few of theirs. Yeah. And I think the only other result from that list is Navy beating UCF 34 30. UCF were ten and a half point favourites in that one, and I considered putting them in as my fourth pick over Penn State for my lucky fifteen. Please, I didn't because UCF losing to Navy. You know, Navy are probably the best service academy this year, but that's a big loss, big big loss. And um, George Band, that's we we we've got some games of the week, but I think we've covered them all pretty well. So I don't think we need to dive into the reviews from our games of the week all over the place. Anything else you want to share from from the results this week? 
Um, I think I, I think I got enough Pac-12 talking, didn't I? I think I think I think I've done all right. <laughs> so, so I don't know when I'll be, be back on again. So I can, <laughs> can go back to to taking the mic. I, I love it really. You know, it's it's a good back and forth. But I think I think I should just stay up for just one half free Pac-12 game just to see what it's like. Well, I'll 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 talk him into it. I'll talk him into it. I'll get him to I'll get him to sit down and watch some Pac-12 properly, and then we can. But look, George, man, you you are more than welcome to come back anytime and and get into it with Ash about the Pac-12 because it's nice to have a different point of view. Because Ash, the Big Ten, Ohio State, they are not the only team in college football, my man. George, thank you so much for stepping in and and uh, and being my wingman today. Where can uh, Rush Nation find you? Obviously, all your work is over at FiveYardRush.co.uk. Gloriously covering the Pac-12 and the SEC for us this season. Where can they find you on Twitter if they want to interact? Yeah, so just on Twitter, it's um, Jord, as in like it says on the screen, and then just M87, so at Jord M87 over there. And you, you'll see me active on Saturdays. I, I, I love getting into debates with people. So, yeah, just just drop us a follow and we can we can talk some football. Go and hit Jord up about the Pac-12 because he's all about it, Rush Nation. As I mentioned, head over to 5yardrush.co.uk, check out the website all the articles not just college but there is a whole load of fancy stuff over there as well as you're well aware because you're listening to this on the main channel now this is the second of four shows which is going to go out on both channels before we move over to the main channel so if you're listening to this for the first time you've made it to the end next week i will mention it at the beginning just in case you don't make the end but the next two shows will be out on the college channel and the five yard channel and then after that, it will be on the Five Yard channel alone. Head over to Manscaped, pick yourself up a groomer, save 20% with the code Five Yard at checkout and get free global shipping as well. Thank you very much, Jord. It's been a pleasure, my man. I will get you back on with Ash. We'll have a triple threat ding dong and we'll see how it goes. Rush Nation, that is it. All it leaves me to say is that Saturdays are for rushing too. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.